there, right next to Grace. There's plenty of room. There we go. All right. Come on, Courtney. All right. Well, the story I'm going to tell this morning is probably my favorite Old Testament story. It's the one that my grandkids constantly want me to tell them at bedtime, and I really can't tell them the whole story because it takes too long. But I give them little pieces and the best parts. And uh, today I thought, well, let's just do the whole thing again because it's, it's a fun story and it's an important story. I guess I, I didn't realize even how important it was until I started counting up the times that uh, Balaam is mentioned in the Bible. And if you read your church paper, you know the statistics, you know that he's a very important player in the history of God's people. Well, the story we're going to tell this morning takes place about 1,400, no, I'm sorry, 3,400 years ago, 1,400 years before Christ, when the children of Israel had all left Egypt. They've been wandering around in the desert for 40 years. They've just moved up a little bit north, and they have conquered uh, the land of the Amorites, and they have killed King Og. Now, King Og was a giant. We don't know how tall he was, but his bed was 13 and a half feet long. He was a big dude, okay? And by God's strength, the Israelites wiped out all those enemies of God's people and took over their land. And then they came down into the land of Moab, right across from Jericho. Now, you remember Jericho is where the walls fall down, you know, okay? And they're right across the river from Jericho where they're going to enter the promised land. And they're spending a few months getting together. Now, there's a, a million people, okay? A million people who have been traveling together for 40 years. And they're all grouped in the deserts of Moab. And the king of Moab, a guy by the name of Balak, sees all these people. He's heard the stories. He knows how they have killed this giant and how they've been wiping out all these nations that fought against them. And he's freaking out. He's scared to death. He says, man, these, these people are, are swarming like ants all over the place, and, and they're going to eat up everything. They're going to destroy me. They're going to destroy my country. And I'm not going to be able to stop them. He was scared. And he got together with his counselors, and he says, we've got to come up with a plan because we can't beat these Israelite people, whatever they are. And someone said, hey, I've heard of a sorcerer named Balaam. And he lives over by the river. Now, we're not sure what river. It may have been the Euphrates. And if it is, it's almost 400 miles away. He says, and I've heard stories that whenever he curses somebody, bad things happen to them. And if he blesses somebody, good things happen to him. So let's, let's send some money to him and see if he will come and curse those people all around here in our land and, and bless us. They thought. Good idea. So they gathered together the money. They got, they got leaders from, from another nation south of them, the Midianites. And together, the elders of Moab and Midian took money, traveled to Balaam. Well, when they get there, Balaam is kind of surprised to see all these, these government officials outside his door. And he said, what's going on? And they said, well, we've got a problem. We've got a big problem. Hordes of people have come out of Egypt. 
They've been destroying nation after nation, and they're right in the heart of our desert next to where we live, and, and we want you to come curse them. Because we've heard you have special powers. If you put a whammy on somebody, they're in trouble. And he says, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. And they said, well, here, here, we'll, 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 we'll pay you to come do that. And he says, well, now, wait a minute here. He says, I can't just go. He says, I'll have to talk to God about that. Now, we don't really know what kind of a relationship he had with God. He's not one of God's people. He may have worshipped lots of gods. We really don't know. But somehow he had supernatural powers, it seems. And so he went to bed that night, and, and he said, well, God, tell me what to do. And, of course, he's thinking all the time. He knows what he's going to do. He's going to go do it because he's earning some money, you know. Well, God spoke to him that night. And God said, Balaam, yeah, who are those men out there? Um, well, they, 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 they've come from Moab, and, and what do they want? They, they want me to come curse these people out of Egypt. And God said, oh, you can't do that. Those are my people. You can't curse somebody I've blessed. Balaam says, okay, okay. He's not going to argue with God, okay? So the next morning he goes out and says, eh, sorry, guys, I can't go. God talked to me. He really did last night. And he said, do not go. I can't go. They went back to King Balak. And the king says, well, where's the sorcerer, this prophet, this Balaam? And he wouldn't come. What do you mean he wouldn't come? We need him. We need to send more money. We need to promise him anything he wants. We need, we need to send people with more authority. We need to send Carrie and Hillary or somebody to convince him to come. And they said, all right, let's get them all together. You go, you promise him whatever he wants and get him to come. So they all go all the way back to Balaam. Now, God has already told Balaam what? Go or don't go? Don't go. Pretty clear, isn't it? God said, do not go. Well, they show up with all this money and they say, the king says he'll give you anything you want. Anything I want? Hmm. All you got to do is come and curse him. And he's going... Oh, man. Oh, man, this is my chance. I can get anything I want, but I'm a little bit afraid if God says, no, I shouldn't go. And God's already said no, but, you know, sometimes when God says no, we think, well, we'll go ask again. Kind of like when mom and dad says, no, you can't do something. What do you do? Do you say, okay, mom and dad? No, no. You go, oh, come on, please change your mind. I've been good, right? You would never do that, right? Yeah, no, oh, you wouldn't, would you, Lily? No, 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 no. All right. Well, Balaam, he told, told uh, all these important people, he said, well, I can't really say anything that God doesn't tell me to say or do what he tells me not to do, but I'm going to check one more time. So I said, stay here, guys. You can camp out in the living room. I'll go ask him. He goes back. He says, uh, excuse me. And God says, yes. Are they back? Yeah, they're back. God says, well, go ahead and go with them. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. You're going to do what you want to do. You know, God doesn't stop us from doing wrong. Even when God says, no, don't do that, he doesn't send down a great big fist and say, don't you dare do that, Charlie. No. He says, oh, okay, I told you what to do. 
If you're going to disobey, disobey. He says, but let me warn you. You need to say exactly what I tell you to say and don't do any more. Okay, that's a deal, God. I'll do it. Yahoo! Next morning, he can't wait, man. He packs up his donkey, and he is ready to ride. He is, oh, man, he's dreaming all these wonderful things he's going to buy. You know, the latest, what are the Xboxes, and I don't know what it is you guys like to buy, you know. He's thinking about getting his own little eye thingies, and, 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 and he, he's just having a ball, man. His mind is going crazy. You know, this, is like, this is like a charge card from Walmart. He can get anything he wants. And, and he is so pumped up. And he, he's riding away on his donkey thinking of all this good stuff he's going to get because, wow. And, and he doesn't notice a little problem. Right out in the middle of the road stands an angel holding a sword. Now, Balaam doesn't even see it. Again, he's thinking of all the stuff he's going to get with all that money. But the donkey... Sees the angel. Now, this is no dumb donkey. He says, I don't think I'm going to go through an angel. And so the donkey, he's going along here, and he comes to the angel, and he just goes off the road. Now, when he goes off the road, he goes down in a ditch, and it makes for a rough ride. And Balaam gets, whoa, whoa, what's going on? He takes his stick, and he beats the side of the donkey. He says, get back on that road. Ooh, all right. Well, they go on a little further. Balaam's dreaming again about all the stuff he's going to get. Doesn't see as you're going through a vineyard. Now, that's where there are, are vines growing on little walls all over the place where grapes grow. He doesn't notice that right in the middle of the roadway, which is kind of narrow, is guess what? An angel standing there with a sword again. They get closer and closer and the donkey's looking up. Balaam doesn't see it. The donkey's what am I doing? At least he's, he's thinking. He's only a donkey. Donkeys can't talk. He's thinking. And he goes right up close to the angel, and then he goes, and he squeezes up against the wall and gets around the angel. Now, when he goes around the wall, he pushes Balaam's foot up against the wall. And Balaam goes, ow! You stupid donkey! And starts beating on his donkey again. Never saw what happened. They go on a little further. They get to Fat Man's Misery. It's a real narrow place in the middle of the cliffs where they can just barely get through. And as they're going along again, Balaam is what? He's dreaming of all the stuff he's going to get at Walmart. Okay? Right in the middle of Fat Man's Misery, blocking the way is guess what? An angel. A big angel with a big sword right in the middle of the road. And he can't get around him. He can't go off the road. So the donkey goes up to the angel and plop, sits down. Well, that gets Balaam really mad. And he starts beating his donkey left and right and calling his donkey dirty names and all kinds of things. And all of a sudden the Bible says, this is cool. God loosed the tongue of the donkey. Now, that doesn't mean he just started panting. And going, <laughs> His tongue started working. And the New Testament says he spoke with the words of a man. The donkey actually turned around. And he says, hey, man, why are you hitting me? Or something like that. 
and, and, and Balaam is so crazy, he's beaten on the donkey, and he answers the donkey. He says, hey, because you're, you're making me look like a drunk driver. And he's beaten away, and the donkey says, hey, hey, wait a minute. I've, have I ever been a bad donkey before? No, you haven't, but I hate you, man. If I had a sword, I'd kill you. And just then, God opened the eyes of Balaam. And Balaam sees an angel stand there with a sword. And then he hears God say, Balaam, why are you hitting your donkey? Um, because he's a bad donkey. And God says, no. Three times, three times I sent an angel to stand in your way in the middle of the road. You didn't even see the warning I was giving, but the donkey did. And the donkey saved your life. Because if that donkey had gone all the way into the angel, I would have killed you. Balaam turns around. He grabs his donkey, plants a big juicy kiss around his mouth. Well, maybe not. But he was pretty happy. He grabbed it. Oh, thank you, donkey. Thank you, donkey. Thank you, donkey. And the donkey just, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, went back to being a donkey again. All this guy's loving up on him. I don't know. And then he says, you know what? I'm going home. <laughs> I got the message. I'm going home. I'm not going to do anything God doesn't want me to do. And the angel said, no, no, go ahead. Only be sure to say only what God tells you to say. <gasps> yes, sir. Well, the rest of the way to Moab, he's riding with his eyes this big. He don't want to see more angels. You know. He gets into town and King Balak runs out to meet him and says, man, what took you so long? He says, I'm here. <laughs> it's a rough trip, but I'm here. He said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's have, a, have a meal. They took him out to Cracker Barrel or something, and they ate. And, 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 and they said, next morning, we're going to take you up, and I, I want you to curse those people for me. Balaam says, well, I'm not sure I can do that. I can only say what God says, but I'll do what I can. Balaam says, okay. Next morning, he takes him up to the high place of Baal. Now, Baal is the god of the Moabites. And he's a false god. He's an idol. He leads the people. They do all kinds of horrible things in worship of their god. They're, they're immoral. They actually kill babies. It's, 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 it's crazy how horrible this worship is. But he takes them up to the high place of Baal. And he says to Balaam, he says, all right, there they are. You, you can't see them all. There's over a million of them. But you see a bunch of them out there cursing for me. Balaam goes, hmm. I tell you what, we've got to convince God to let us do this, okay? How about building an altar to the real God up here with all the altars to the false God? Let's build, no. Let's build two altars. No, no, no. Three. Let's build seven altars. That's the perfect number. Let's build seven altars to worship the God who talked to me. <laughs> And let's sacrifice a bull on every one of them. Now, Angus makes good meat. Sacrifice one on each of them. And then sacrifice a ram on each of them. And then I'll go over and kind of twist God's arm a little bit. You know, sometimes we get the idea that if we do something religious and holy, that we can get what we want. 
Right? You know, we say, oh, come on, God, I deserve. You ever said that? I deserve something? Ooh, what a thing to say. So he went off and he prayed and he says, God, you see those seven altars that we built for you? How about letting me curse those people? And God said, no. You go back and say what I put in your mouth. You know, if God can speak through a donkey, he ought to be able to speak through Balaam, you know. Balaam goes back and Balak says, okay, now what? Do it. Balaam says, he raised his hands, he looked around, he said, okay, you brought me here to curse these people, but guess what? I can't curse them because God blessed them. <laughs> Balaam goes, excuse me? And Balaam says, no, no, I, I can't curse somebody. God's blessed. In fact, I wish I was one of them. Oh, Bela goes, whoa, that's terrible. Hush up, hush up, hush up, hush up. Go away. No, don't go away. What am I going to do? He didn't know what to do. He said, maybe there's some good people out there in that, that, that bunch you were able to see from the, the mountaintop. Let's go to another place. Maybe you can curse them. And Bela took Balaam to Mount Pisgah. Now, this is really interesting. And I didn't even realize this until I was studying this story this last time. Mount Pisgah is going to be the very same mountain that God is going to take Moses to in just a month or two. And from that mountain, he's going to tell Moses to look into the land of Israel and say, you're not going to be able to go over there, but all that land is going to belong to my people someday. And Moses will die on Mount Pisgah. Well, that's the very same mountain that Balak takes Balaam to. And he says, all right, now you look out there on those Egyptians. Egyptians. Israelites from Egypt. He says, I want you to curse them. Balaam says, I know you do. Let's try again. Let's build how many altars? How many more altars do you think? Eight? Eight? <laughs> that would have been a good plan, right? <laughs> Eh, he wasn't as smart as you, Charlie. He just built seven altars. He said, seven more altars, seven more bulls, seven more rams. Let's convince, huh? Ten, that'd be even better, wouldn't it? But seven's a special number. And they thought they could convince God with seven. They did it again. Balaam went off and he prayed and God said, guess what? No, you can't do it. He comes back. Balaam says, well, what'd he say? What'd he say? He says, God said, No. God's not a man. He doesn't lie. He doesn't say one thing and do something else. I can't curse whom God has blessed. In fact, let me tell you, those people are going to rise up like a lion and devour you someday. And Ben goes, whoa, stop, stop, stop. Don't, don't say anymore. Don't say anymore. And he said, well, but I don't have a chance. These guys kill giants. One more time. I'll take you to another place where you can look over some more people. Maybe we can find some bad people there that God will let, me, let you curse, okay? They go out there. Same thing. All over again. Seven altars. Trying to convince God. But you know, this time Balaam is going, I think I get the picture. God's going to say what? No. I don't need to ask again. I know what he's going to say. So he didn't even go ask that time. But he did have him put the altars up just in case. Just in case. He goes back and said, well, 
let me tell you, is that I've had my eyes opened. I now understand that God has blessed these people. And I can't curse them. They've done nothing wrong. They're good people. They're God's people. I can't curse them. So all I can do is bless them. Balak smacks his hands together and he says, that's enough. Go home. Go home. I don't want to hear any more. And Balaam says, well, before I go, one more thing. And he begins to prophesy, talk about things that are going to happen in the future. And it's really, really cool. You know, in, in Matthew 2, what was it that the wise men saw that led them to Bethlehem? What was it? What was it? A star. Yes, it was a star. And you know what? The Bible doesn't say anything about, about that star except in the prophecy of Balaam. Balaam said, someday, not now, but someday in the future, a star is going to rise in Judah. Whoa. He was actually given a picture of the coming of Jesus. 1,500 years before Jesus came. Now, he didn't repent. He didn't really know what that meant. He didn't understand what it meant to be a Christian or anything. But he had a picture. And then he went on to say, and those Israelites out there, they're going to destroy all these nations that are fighting against God. Balak says, that's it. Go home. I could have made you rich. I could have given you everything. I could have given you the keys to Walmart. But no, you're out of luck. You go home. And the Bible indicates that he went home. But something happened before he went home that's very, very important. Before he went home, Balaam said, wait a minute, I got another plan. You know, God said I couldn't curse his people because there's nothing wrong with them. What if we made them sin? What if we made them worship Baal? What if we lured them into a big drunken party with a bunch of sinful women? Maybe God would curse them. And the Bible says that's exactly what they did. The women of Moab went into the camp, all fancy and prettied up, and said, Come on, boys. We're going to have a big party tonight. And being as stupid as guys can sometimes be, they followed them. They went to the party that was held in honor of Baal. They ate food that had been sacrificed to a false god. They did horrible things with the women that they wanted them to do. And as a result of it, God did get upset with his people. And the Bible says when Moses found out, he said, whoa, he called together the elders of Israel and said, you guys need to go in there and, sounds a little harsh, you need to kill everyone who has led my people into that sin. So they went in and started rounding up the guys who followed the women to the party and started killing them. And then some kind of plague came on them, too. And guys who had been, who didn't get stabbed, started falling dead. And, and it was horrible. And then some guy actually brought one of the Moabite women into the camp of Israel. 
in front of everybody. I mean, while Moses and the people are, are wailing in, 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 in sorrow at what had happened, this guy struts in and he takes her into his tent. And the grandson of Aaron, the former high priest, he got so upset. He said, how can someone do that? How can they sin like that in front of God's people and in front of God? And he actually grabbed a spear and ran in the tent and killed them both. And the Bible says when he did that, the plague stopped. 24,000 people had died because they had disobeyed God. They had worshipped Baal. They had gotten involved in a drunken party and a lot of sex and all kinds of crud. And they paid the price for it. And then things got even worse, especially for the Midianites. Moses said, all right, we need to punish them for what they've done. He had 12,000 of his soldiers go into the cities and destroy all the women who had led God's people to sin and all the soldiers and all the men and destroyed the cities. And, and, the Bible tells us they killed, guess who? Balaam. The false prophet. Apparently he hung around hoping to get rich. And he died because of it. Now, if we jump ahead to the New Testament, we find three references to Balaam in the New Testament. The Apostle Peter writes about it. He's talking about false prophets and false teachers. And he says sometimes they are following the way of Balaam. And they, they love riches. They want to get stuff so bad, they'll say anything and do anything. They like the unrighteous profit that comes from sinful money. They let money dominate their life. And as a result of it, God is going to judge them. And we go to the book of Revelation. When Jesus speaks to the church at Pergamum, he said, you guys have been pretty good. You've, you, you've managed to, to avoid some sin, but there's a problem. You've got some in the church who are teaching the ways of Balaam. They're teaching you to do wrong. They're encouraging you to do wrong. And unless they repent, Jesus is going to come back someday with a sword in his mouth. Kind of like that picture right over there in the window. And those who have not repented, those who won't obey God, who won't trust God, are going to be destroyed by Jesus when he comes back. Now, this is quite a story, isn't it? And it's true. The only time in the history that I know that an animal actually talked, other than maybe the snake in the Garden of Eden. Some crazy things. And sometimes we look at these stories and we go, Whoo, can I believe all that? I'm going to believe it. I'm especially going to believe the part that says, if I don't obey God, if I keep trying to make deals with God, if I get so caught up in wanting stuff that I do what I want and I try to convince God to give me whatever I want, I'm going to be in trouble. No matter whether I'm part of the church or not. 
If I lose sight of who Jesus is and that he's coming back someday to judge those who say they worship him, if I don't repent, if I don't change, if I listen to the world and I let the sin of the world wrap its arms around me and suck me in, I'm going to be in big trouble when Jesus comes back. You see, God doesn't send donkeys to talk to us anymore. He just sends preachers. We better listen. Listen to your moms and dads. Listen to the preachers. Listen to Steve. Listen to your Sunday school teachers when they tell you what God wants. And don't try to argue. Don't say, but I don't want to do that. Or, I'm going to do it anyway. And God won't punish me because I'm special. No, he will. God has told us what he wants. If we don't trust him, and if we don't obey him, we're going to lose everything. Okay? Kind of a sad ending to the story. Some fun parts in it. I love the part about the talking donkey. I trust you remember that. But when you're thinking about the talking donkey, remember what he said. And remember how God was trying to use... (laughs) Peter calls him a dumb donkey to bring repentance to Balaam. Listen to God when he speaks. And when he says no, don't argue with him, okay? I don't want you to be scared of God. I just want you to love him enough to do what's right. And not say, ah. Okay? Is that a deal? Say yes. Or say no. Come on. Let's see some shapes. Or some nods. There you go. All right. All right. We'll just pray together. Okay? Father, we thank you for, for an amazing story. A story that's true. A story that tells us how much you love us and how much you want us to, to be blessed by you. But, Lord, you've told us what to do and what not to do. And help us to make right decisions. Help us to make good choices. Help us to trust you and obey you. So you don't have to bring an angel against us or even worse, the King of kings and Lord of lords with a sword of judgment in his mouth. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name.